Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles, and my guest today is Austin, Texas musician Gina Chavez. Gina Chavez is a multi-ethnic Latin pop singer-songwriter. She has been featured on NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts, NPR's All Things Considered, and has 10 Austin Music Awards. She is also the co-founder of the Niñas Arriba College found, Fund for Young Latinas in El Salvador. She sings in English and Spanish and is one of the 2018 Festival Latinos performers this year. Gina, I'm always happy to have a Tejana on the podcast. Yes, it's so exciting to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? I actually grew up in Austin, Texas, so I still live there. Okay. Been there for a long time. Great. Did you grow up speaking English and Spanish? Talk to us about your experience of growing up bilingual, uh, especially in Texas. Right. Actually, you know, I didn't grow up speaking English and Spanish. I, I you know, I spoke English in the house, obviously, but I, um, my, my parents had done a fair amount of travel. And so I feel like I heard, you know, some Spanish phrases every now and then um, because my dad is the, the Mexican side of my family. But he, like many people of my parents' generation, didn't learn Spanish because it wasn't, um, you know, it actually made you kind of a target. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, his parents didn't teach him Spanish. And so there's this whole generation of people like me that, you know, obviously we, we might feel a connection to our Latin roots or want a connection to our Latin roots, but we didn't really have that growing up. And so honestly, that's what music has been for me is kind of a mm -hmm. doorway into which I can discover it. Right. Um, did you begin singing in, in English or Spanish or a mix of both of them? You know, I always sang as a kid. So, you know, obviously being a, an English speaker as a kid, I, you know, I sang in English. But right. um, it was really when I went to uh, I went to Argentina for a study abroad when I was in college. And when I got to Argentina, I discovered this folk music from there called Chacarrera. Mm hmm. And, you know, of course, I had taken Spanish in middle school and high school, um, but I do believe that our, you know, we have a long way to go in, in terms of having bilingual education in this country. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, so I knew just about as much as anybody does coming out of a, a few years of <laughs> uh, public school, uh, you know, language courses. So anyway, when I went to Argentina, that was really where I was immersed in the language. And of course, I got there and realized quickly that it wasn't the kind of Spanish that I'd heard growing up in Texas. Um, it was Castellano, you know, right? <laughs> was the, the accent there is so different, but I, I totally fell in love with it. And um, my foray into starting to really speak Spanish. And I also fell in love with this music, the Chacarrera, and it really kind of kickstarted my, you know, career playing music in Spanish and singing in Spanish. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about your development as a singer. Yeah, so like I said, I, I always loved to sing as a kid. And I was in some, uh, fortunately, I had a really great choir program in middle school and high school. The high school program ended up 
turning into there's a music academy now at my old high school um at the time the academy itself hadn't formed but it's because we had such a strong arts program there that the fine arts academy developed mm-hmm. um so i i was in great choirs we were we would do anything from classical music to show choirs and you know sing and dance and go perform um at different parts of the country and then I when I was in um, college I picked up the guitar mm-hmm. after seeing a local singer songwriter play in Austin and uh, my dad had a guitar in the closet turns out he had a 1954 Martin um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, any of my friends who play guitar, they always fawn over that, that guitar. And music, it was kind of a natural, natural thing for me to just start writing my own songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, um, if we listen to your music, and I, and I spend a little bit of time listening to, to the, you know, to your, to your songs, but how would you describe uh, the influences that, that we hear in your song? You just mentioned uh, going to Argentina and that having an influence in you. In, in you. And I imagine also just uh, mix the Mexican side of your family or the influences, that, the, the things that you hear in, in, in Texas uh, might have played a role in, in what we hear in your music. Can you explain a little bit? You know, my, my music is definitely a fusion. Mm-hmm. I... I don't play anything what I would consider pure. Mm-hmm. And so part of, and what I mean by that is, for instance, I went to Argentina, I was really inspired by the Chaparrera. And so, you know, in my attempt to bring that sound and bring those rhythms back to, to Austin, I wrote my own version of a Chacarrera. And, you know, and then it wasn't until later when I really became more familiar with the Chacarrera that I realized I didn't, really write a chacarrera you know like I, I almost made this other version of the rhythm uh-huh. but it's one of my you know it's definitely a, a crowd favorite and so it's a song mm. that we play and so it's inspired by the chacarrera but it it is not in and of itself you know a, a pure version of that and so I think that's kind of what I think we're in a really cool time right now where that kind of music is actually celebrated the idea that we can you know travel to new places or hear something, you know, on the internet or on the, on the radio or Spotify or whatever it is. And we can say, Oh man, I want to, I'm inspired by that sound. I'm, I'm going to try to like fuse that into my own music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're in a really cool time where so much of that is happening that you have, you know, genres almost become, um, you know, innocuous. It's not, I don't know what box my music fits into. And, you know, I don't know that it has to fit into a box anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, in what ways does your music represent who you are? Um, do you feel that you're representing other Latinas? Or um, I know that's also a tricky um, uh, question in terms of uh, growing up, you know, in Austin and um and uh, probably being of mixed heritage and maybe not growing up speaking Spanish. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, um, who you are in terms of your music as well, if that represents who you are? For sure. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I definitely sing from my own experience um, or even from experiences that people close to me have had. I, I would say as far as being a, you know, a representative I think that's a very human thing for us to do is that we see somebody um, or, you know, somebody on a stage or who has a platform, right? Mm-hmm. And we 
you know, we want to either identify ourselves with them or set ourselves apart from them, right, depending on how we view that person. Right. So I think on some level, it's, you know, I, I would never say that, you know, I'm representing all Latinas when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think it's important as a female, it's important as um, a lesbian, it's important as a Latina, mm-hmm. uh, as somebody of mixed heritage. It's I like to own those things. Mm-hmm. So that people who are hearing my music or in the audience can also find their place, you know, because I think it's it's still atypical to go to, say, like a festival. And if you were to count the females on stage at a festival, you're probably still going to come out, you know, drastically uh a lower ratio than the men that you see on stage. Absolutely. We're still getting to a place where, you know, it's, it's not an even playing field and, and it should be because the representation of our communities, the representation of even just, you know, gender in our country, it's not like 20% female. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's all just to say that I think it's important to, you know, to own every part of ourselves, um, you know, when we're when we're up on stage, and that's kind of what I try to do, and I feel like that's what my music is is about is being very genuine. Um, and also, I'm I'll be the first to admit that I, you know, as a light skinned Latina mm-hmm. who didn't grow up speaking Spanish or necessarily having a lot of the experiences that Latinos have in our society, I'll be the first to admit that I'm, I'm privileged. Mm-hmm. And it's a privilege for me to be able to stand on stage and for people to accept me. Maybe it's because I don't necessarily, you know, have dark skin or have mm-hmm. an accent when I speak in English. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, I recognize those things. Um, and I want to do what I can with the privilege you know, do something good with the privilege that I have. Absolutely. Um, what you mentioned uh, uh, regarding um, gender representation, even at festivals, that is so true. And it's a conversation that we've had before and uh, about um, our own Festival Latino, that we have very few female performers. So um, happy that you are here this year and hopeful this that this will continue to be the norm um, here to have more female performers. Great. Um, a few years ago, you visited El Salvador and, and worked as a volunteer English teacher of young girls. And, and I was listening to one of your interviews uh, regarding this, this uh, experience or this uh, traveling that you did in El Salvador or the, the, the region where you were. And you, you mentioned something to the fact that um, this is not where the guidebooks, the travel guidebooks tell you to go, <laughs> right? Or oh, they tell you not to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. tell Tell me a, a little bit about the, this experience, and and I know that this inspired um, your um, Siete de uh, song, um, and also your work with the young girls in El Salvador and the and the organization uh, Niñas Arriba. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that, please. Sure. Yeah. So my wife and I, uh, before we were married, we went to El Salvador for about eight months, and we lived there. Um, and like you said, we lived with nuns and taught English to girls in an all-girls school in Soyapango. And Soyapango is essentially, it's a suburb of San Salvador, but it's essentially the home of La Marasala Trucha, mm-hmm. or the MS-13 gang. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, there's also a lot of backstory that, you know, you may know this or some of your listeners might know, but I feel like it's not widely understood that the gang problems that exist in Central America are literally a direct result of um, the United States. And so what we did is we basically deported gang culture um, from L.A. gangs Mm -hmm. to a war-torn Central America where they could just fester and grow. And so this was something I learned when I was in college. And then years later, you know, I find myself being sent to El Salvador. And so I already kind of knew a little bit of the backstory and here we are sent to the, you know, the heart of La Mara Sala Trucha. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we knew we had to be smart. And um, fortunately, we we were very safe during our time there. But, you know, we would walk outside of the school, which had compound, you know, kind of walls, almost like a, a small compound within the city. And, you know, there there would be a truck drawing of somebody that had been murdered outside of an all-girls Catholic school. Mm. Um, you know, and so there were definitely a lot of reality checks and understanding the difference of living in a third world country um, than, you know, what we were used to living in a, a first world country. And so anyway, I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stories. It was definitely a time, a beautiful time of our lives where we got to meet so many amazing people. Salvador Salvadorans are some of the most, gosh, just like giving and humble and loving people that I've ever experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. And here they have some of the worst violence. And it just broke my heart, you know. And so my my wife, Jody, she was the one that actually thought, you know, maybe there's some way that we can stay connected to the young women down here or, you know, be able to help them help themselves. And so we ended up starting a college scholarship fund called Niñas Arriba. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to first help the four young women who were seniors and also lived at the school. So there was about 800 girls total at the, at the school. Mm-hmm. And we lived with about 18 of them because there was like a small boarding school component. Um, and so those girls were kind of like our sisters because we would wake up in the morning at 5 a.m. and, you know, do chores with them and morning prayer and food. And then everybody would go to class. We we would go learn and then we'd come back in the evening and we'd have dinner and more prayers and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, play basketball or whatever. And so, um, you know, they were our sisters. And so there were four of them that were graduating at the time. And those who were the, were the ones we wanted to start with. And so, uh, you know, seven years later, we're now celebrating through Niñas Arriba. We're celebrating, um, for, uh, college graduates and it's pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah. Great. So this organization or this fund you started in, um, 2011. Yeah, we actually started it. I mean, I I guess we started it when we got back. So Mm -hmm. that was in 2000 and well, I guess 2010 was when we started the college fund. Mm -hmm. We've been doing seven years of, uh, of concerts. So, but raising money kind of for all 10 years. Okay. Or whatever years. I don't even know. Where are we? I don't even know. <laughs> Eight years. There you go. Yes. Um, so. Is this the only um, all Spanish song that you have um, in your repertoire? The Siete de No, or no. You... There's, um, so En Brujo is the song that I kind of referenced. That was a song that was inspired by the Chacarrera. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was on my first album, actually. Um, we've got En Brujo. And then... Um, uh, I've since written a few more songs that I'm uh, recording in the studio right now. I've got probably, I guess I have four more all Spanish tracks that'll be coming out. Mm-hmm. 
I'll probably release them as singles within the next year. And, um, you know, and then we also do a few covers, few fun covers. Um, Todo Cambia is on my last album. Mm-hmm. It's a cover by um, Julio Neumhauser. He's a Chileno, but it was made famous by Mercedes Sosa from mm-hmm. Argentina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we do a fun cover of Celia Cruz's version of I Will Survive. Mm-hmm. That's a fun live show one. Yeah. We'll definitely play at the festival. Oh, great. Um, so tell me about your new project and this uh, first single, uh, Heaven Knows. Yeah, you know, so I spent some time just writing and kind of, I didn't really want to put, you know, put a box around it. I wanted to kind of just say, hey, I'm just going to write some songs and do my best to focus on the craft of songwriting. Um, took a little bit of time off from playing shows and uh, just kind of settled down for a little bit and really dove into songwriting headfirst. And, uh, you know, I was interested to see what came out and a lot of what um, emerged was a bit of, I wouldn't call it, you know, full-fledged R&B. I think like most of my music, it's a fusion, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a bit of an R&B soul vibe to it. Um, and I was, you know, I was like, wow, this is interesting that this is coming out and <laughs> found a producer that could really draw out those sounds and... Yeah, so we recorded Lightbeam. He was really digging the the five tracks that I sent him. And in eight days, we had a solid EP. So I'm excited to release it to the world. Great. Will you be singing it tomorrow also? Yeah, we're singing most of the songs out there. Um, I think we'll have four of the five tracks that um, we'll be playing tomorrow. Well, great, great. Uh, thank you, Dina, for visiting us in the studio today. And I look forward to seeing you perform tomorrow at Festival Latino. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited to rock the stage. Great. Uh, a todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. I need to know you're closer than 2,000 miles or the tips of my fingers miss the Curve of your smile, those dimples make me melt inside. But you, my lover, to find. I'm walking the block in the stoop of the rage, and I got no more to give than what I've given today. I need someone still. aquí te extraño me engaño para aguantar otro día más te añoro te espero miles de vías desgasta mi amor it's colder without your embrace around me I'm frozen Waiting on the knee Your name ignites this heart of mine You my love to find You are to find Te quiero, me pierdo Oh, tú no estás aquí 
Te extraño 